Ephesians 4, 7 to 11. But to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself, also he who ascended far above the heavens, so that he might fulfill all things. He gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. Help us, Father, to hear you. Help us to understand this. But Father, in an age, it seems, or a time to me and my existence, there seems to be more ungratitude. Father, I pray for your people. I pray that they are grateful for the amazing things that you have done and the gifts that you have given men by the measure of Christ. Thank you, my Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Last week I shared with you, Christ earned the right to give gifts, okay, as a conqueror. Uh, you know, I, I've shared with you that one of my favorite gospels is the gospel of Matthew. And the reason that it, that's my favorite is that it starts off, Matthew does, and he gives you the lineage. And then from there on, he shows that Jesus Christ had authority and victory over everything. I don't care if it was demons. I don't care if it was storms. I don't care if it was death. I don't care if it was deformities. I don't, I, it doesn't matter what it was. He, and all he had to do was speak and he defeated it. And then at the conclusion of the gospel, go and make disciples. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so when I look at that, I think, wow, man. Whoa. But there is that part of me, and then I shared this with you last week. What was up for the three days? He was in the ground for three days. We know where his body was, but we also know that he was alive in the spirit. Where was that at? Okay, because remember, he had not ascended to the Lord yet, to the Father. So what was he doing? And I went through this last week. And I shared with you and what the Bible says. All right. He proclaimed victory in the realm of the dead. First part, the lower regions of what the Greeks would call Hades or the Jews would call Sheol. And then from there, he would ascend to the upper part of the realm of the dead. And that would be the Old Testament saints, those who had died under the old covenant in faith. That would even include John the Baptist. John the Baptist would have been under the old covenant. All right, at that point in time, those people, all of them, poof, absent from the body, present with the Lord. But then he had to come back in his resurrected body so that the disciples would see him, final instruction, then ascend to heaven. All right? That gave him the right to give gifts. Okay? And what I meant by that is if you look at it, any time a conquering 
king overthrew a nation, all of the spoils and the captives were his. And he would bring the captives back. Some of them may have been his own people, as in the upper part of the place of death. Some of them would have been prisoners as enemies, but he would give gifts. I shared with you three weeks ago that sometimes we miss this when we think about grace. All right? Because grace is a self-donating action. His grace, when we just sang amazing grace, when we sang that, do you understand what you're really singing? The price that it cost him to give you that grace. When Christ went to the cross, he captured a whole bunch of people. And he delivered them out of Satan's domain, out of Satan's rule. Okay, But he also brought out the Old Testament saints. But by releasing his people from the domain, from the rule of Satan, that would include you and me. You and me. He won us on that day. He freed you and me from the kingdom of darkness. But you know what's really cool about it? Because he ascended, he placed us into the kingdom of light. You're already there. You may not act like it. That's fine. But you're already there. That's what I try to tell people. Do you realize that you're as holy right now as you're ever going to be? If you look here at the end of verse 8. He gave gifts to men. And I showed you the psalm that we, this was a quotation out of. Like a good conqueror, he, Jesus, when he conquered, he passed out the spoils among his people. What's amazing is this is normally done among the general would pass them out to first his next in commands and then they would pass them out to his next in commands and all the rest of it. The deal here is there was only one general. There was only one combatant. And yet, in his conquering victory, he gave gifts to his people. Then you drop down there to verse 11. You see what he gave to the body of Christ. This is one of the things, and I'll deal with this a lot more next week, but this is one of the things that drives me nuts today in the body of Christ. He gave to the church. What? Apostles. Some prophets. Some evangelists. Some pastors. Teachers. That was the gifts that he gave to the body of Christ that you and I are a part of. Okay? So... Go back to what I taught you three weeks ago on grace. Grace is a self-donating act 
of the Lord of hosts. All right? So verse 7 is not a surprise. He gave gifts. Each of us has been given gifts by grace. Remember I shared with this last week, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 9. He who was rich became poor. God purposed was to empty himself to make us rich. Specifically, as a Christian, we are not always on the giving end all of the time. Sometimes we are given. That verse 7, he says, and pay attention to it, but to each one of us. Okay? To individual believers, just because you are a Christian, you gain certain things at God's hand. Just because you're a Christian. You know what I really like about it? No Christian is left out. I don't care who you are. There is no non-gifted Christians. Every single Christian, every one of us is gifted. Okay, and we'll be looking at Romans chapter 12 and we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we look at it from the perspective that this was given grace. Given grace. Because it's always grace that we would get anything from God. Listen, I love you guys. But we have no merit. Okay? We have done nothing to deserve anything. Well, that's not true. We have earned eternal separation and damnation. Okay? I don't care who you are. If you were born of man and woman, that's what you've done. All right? But I note this in verse 7, that it is according to the measure of Christ's gift. Are you getting a bigger picture of Christ's gift yet? Every Christian is according to Christ's free exercise of his grace. The word measure there is metron in the Greek. It's the word that we get meter from or metric from. But it literally means quantity. The quantity of God's grace is what every Christian gets. The quantity of God's grace is the paying in full of the sin of all of his people. Getting any clearer view of the measure of his grace yet? The fact that he descended in the lower part of Sheol to tell the demons that are in chains that he is victorious. Tell those who would pleasure themselves with the demonic host that he is victorious so that he can ascend to the people of faith in the upper part and tell them 
Welcome home. Welcome home. And to tell you and me in the future to come, you are sons of the Most High God. Okay, getting a better picture of the measure of His grace? Each one of us has a measured out gift. Okay? A certain quantity. It has parameters. Certain definitions. Certain capabilities. Now I want you to note back in the verse, Christ gift. That's stunning to me. You know why? It's singular. It's singular. He has certain gift. The Apostle Peter uses it too. Each man has received the gift in 1 Peter 4. Okay? It is singular. It is singular. We need to see each of our gifts as a singular gift. You have a gift. I have a gift. You've got a gift. Cheryl's got a gift. Corinne's got a gift. Okay? We need to see each of them in this perspective. The argument that I see and I hear and I have dealt with multiple times. Can a Christian have more than one gift? Let me try to give you the simple answer. Okay? No. By the way, that's a complete sentence. Okay? 1 Peter 4, there is the gift. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7, there is the gift. You know what that means? There's not plural. There's only one. Now listen, there are many areas of giftedness. I can look at this small group and say, I see a lot of gifts. All right? So I'll take you first to Romans 12. And the reason that I'm going to Romans 12, in the New Testament... This is the first introduction of gifts chronologically. Okay? We'll go to 1 Corinthians 12 shortly. Okay? I want you to remember something about gifts. This is something I've seen as an issue in the body of Christ. Okay? Is gifts. All right? I have uh, dealt with it on numerous occasions. First thing that I think people miss is the fact that there is only one gift that you're given. Okay. Uh, secondly, I think that we miss a, very often because 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 both deal with it and it's implied in the book of Ephesians. Okay. They are, the gift is based on a picture of the human body. Remember what we looked at in 1 and 2? It is the body of Christ. So in chapter 4, when he starts dealing with gifts, what's he talking about? 
the body of Christ. If you look at it in, in, in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12, it's the same way. Now, you can sit around and I could just look here, scan quickly, and I see the body has many parts. I also see that it has varying functions. Okay, One of the things that I've learned a long time ago is that you do not want your Achilles tendon to try to do the work of a kidney. Just an idea. Thinking it may not work out that well. Okay? Now listen, if he's using it as a picture of the human body, then that's the way it is in the church. Have you ever thought about that? Chapter 12 of Romans verse 6. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of faith. And he'll go on. As the body is one, yet there are different gifts, correct? The body is one, and yet there are different gifts. Gifts. If you look at Peter's teaching on this, you understand that Peter, I like, this is one of the things I love about Peter. I'm a lot like him. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay? There's two gifts, Peter says. Because we get, conf, we get all messed up when we have, oh no. Okay? There is a speaking gifts, and there are, what? Serving gifts. All right? I showed you what is in the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers. What do you suppose those gifts entail? Okay. So what do you suppose the rest of the gifts are? There we go. The gifts are graciously given... And that's the Holy Spirit's point. You don't earn gifts. You don't even request gifts. They are gained by the hand of a gracious God. That's where they come from. God gives them. Why? He is the conqueror. God, listen, this is it's so simple, and yet we get it so confusing. Listen, God created your body. Every single one of you, everybody that you've ever met, God created that body. You know what is absolutely true about every human being? No one placed the order for their body. I want me six foot two, blue eyes, blonde hair. Big shoulders. So? And do you understand if they're using that illustration of the human body, what is he saying of the church? You don't place an order for your church. You guys all know that we've had some people leave. Right? You know why? They placed an order. This is what I want from the church. <laughs> God bless them. 
I'd like to get rid of Buddha. You know what he told me? No. It's your five mile an hour bumper. Rejoice. You see what I'm trying to get at? How silly is it to say, well, this is the way it should be. Really? No, this is the way it is. Why? That's my body. So you didn't place an order for your body, your human body. God does the same for the church. So many miss this point. Well, but you guys don't do this or you guys don't do that or you should do this or you should do that. Really? That's interesting, don't you think? You're telling God what his body should be. Hope that works out for you. I see many Christians today who are ordering their gifts. This is what I will do in the body of Christ. That's ordering your gift. You know what that means? You are absolutely useless. You have no purpose. God doesn't work on those bases. God who designed the human body. By the way, I think he's done a marvelous job. Is the same God who has designed the church. God knows who needs what. And in what combinations to function in the world today. His church will function in line with his sovereignty. Listen, even us, even us, he will function in his sovereignty. I don't care how discouraged you get. I don't care how, oh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's still in his sovereignty. You know why? Because I've been around long enough to say that is exactly how creation works humanly. It's in his sovereignty. God sets the gift. And they're differing according to his sovereign grace. Understand that. If you go back to the text here in in, uh, Romans 12. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace. Did you see that? The grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise it accordingly. If it is prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. Listen, I have seen people who preach, proclaim, and you can tell that they are not confident in what they're saying. Their faith hasn't caught up with their information. Okay? I have seen those who preach on information that seems small, but they are confident in it because their faith is on that Information. That's what prophecy is. is to preach. If you read through that text right there. If service in his serving. Okay. The literal word there is the word we get ministry from. Or diakonon. The, the word that you get deacon from. If it is serving. 
then that gift will be exercised in what? In serving. He who teaches in his teaching. When he teaches, people change. So it will be in his teaching. He exhorts, then it will be in his what? Exhortation. Who gives with liberality. If you have the gift of giving, guess what? It will be very liberal. He who leads or rules, it will be done with what? Diligence. He who shows mercy, it will be done with what? That's weird, isn't it? If I have mercy, I'm going to be happy about it. I know. Some of you have been mercy. See, I told you. I told you. If you hadn't done that, that wouldn't have happened. But I'm cheerful about it. Okay. That's not the gift. (laughs) If you feel it's necessary to point out the person's shortcoming, that is not the gift of mercy. It's like exhortation. It's so funny. I watch people who say, I have the gift of exhortation. And so you watch them in action. And it's like, no, you've got the gift of pointing out people's error. Well, that's not a gift. Exactly. Exhortation says, I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to say, you continue down this path. This is the ditch you're headed for. But I'm going to walk alongside so that in my mercy, when you hit that ditch, I can laugh. That's not exhortation. Exhortation says, remember in uh, Galatians 6, you who are spiritual, see any brother in a trespass what does it say do point out that trespass cheerfully no it says you get up underneath them and bear the burden see the difference so you see that there are categories of giftedness cruise on over to uh, 12 1 Corinthians 12 Beginning there in verse 4. This is interesting. We've gone through this before. There are a variety of gifts. Now I want to go through this first part here because it's going to sound real familiar to you who have been with me through Ephesians. Remember the seven? One Lord, one Spirit, one faith, one baptism. Okay. And it's, it's real familiar here. Look what he says. There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are a variety of ministries, the same Lord. Varieties of effort, but the same God who works all things in all people. <laughs> you know what that means? One Lord, one Spirit, one God doing what? All things in a variety of ways. Okay? So, if you drop down there, verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all things distributing to each one individually as they request. No. As he wills. As he wills. Do you understand that God is designing the body? 
And you can look around right now and you can be discouraged and you can sit and say, well, where did everybody go and what are we going to do? And what we... Do you understand that God's designing the body? In spite of us? It's the same Lord, same Spirit, same God. And each manifestation of is a spirit is manifested where? In everybody. Ask yourself a question. In your actions day to day, moment by moment, is it a manifestation of you or a manifestation of the Spirit? Because the struggle is not the body of Christ. The struggle is you and me. It's the same that you see in Ephesians 4, 7, in Corinthians. Okay? And he lists these gifts, and he goes through there in 1 Corinthians. And, and you know, some of them for, were for apostolic time. Listen, I've been accused. They said, well, if you listen to such and such, or you listen to such and such, then, then, then you are cessationist. Really? How can you ever get... I don't know how that dog hunts. Someone would think that I'm a cessationist. You know why? I can tell you what my gifts are. And I can tell you the gift that it's for. It's a blending that the Holy Spirit does of different things. Listen, you can have the gift of teaching. Okay? I have the gift of teaching. I am a teacher. Okay? Well, let me tell you something. If you're a teacher and you don't have some discernment and you don't have some faith and you don't have some wisdom and you don't have some knowledge, you're an idiot. Okay? There are things you're going to... Listen, you want to be a pastor, an elder? You better have the gift of ruling. Because if not, you're a pain. So do you see what I'm trying to show you? You can have this gift, but it's going to take all of these multifaceted aspects to fit into that gift to make it function. We'll get into this a lot more next week when I deal with apostles, prophets, evangelists, and all the rest, okay? But do you understand that? Listen, you can have the gift of exhortation. You better have some mercy. Okay, if you've got the gift of exhortation, you better have some mercy, but you better have some giving too. All right, so you see how it all works? You can have, there's your gift. Dun, dun, dun. Right there. It's going to have a blending that the Holy Spirit does for the task that he wants. Everyone has received from Christ abilities to function in the body. Did you hear what I just said? Who has the ability to function in the body? Who? Who does? Well, how do you do that if you ain't here? Just a question. I mean, you know, let me in on it. I mean, there's some people probably prefer I wasn't here. These gifts, and what you've seen in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, okay, they are not singular, but they are put together by the Spirit of the living God in each believer 
singular. Okay? Listen, we can't say that everyone with the same gift does it the same way. I have preached in different venues with men who have had the same gift as me. Okay? And it was obvious from listening to them and listening to me, we're different, and yet our gifts were the same. Okay? I see guys who can go for a crowd of several thousand and be completely comfortable. I ain't one of them. Okay? Now, I have spoken in front of crowds of thousands, but God was graced me that I couldn't see past. Oh, that's my eye thing, isn't it? And I couldn't see past the first two rows. Okay? I, I, just, I just, no, that's a little bit out of my league. No, that's way out of my league. Okay? So everyone, there are some who have the same gifts, but it does not... They're not going to do it the same way. There is categories of giftedness. Remember the prophecy based on what? Faith. The degree of that faith. You can proclaim Jesus. Are you confident? Because I've heard people who proclaim Jesus and they just didn't sound that confident. They studied. They knew what it said. But I don't know if they ever tested it see let me share with you this your gift i don't care who you are your gift is single it will be made up of many many pieces make up that gift you only have one i serve as a pastor okay as serving as a pastor then i need to have the gift of teaching all right. I also need to have the gift of ruling. I also have the gift of discernment. I also need the gift of wisdom, and I do need some knowledge. I, it really is a benefit to have exhortation, and you had better pack that all thing in one big bow of faith. Yet it's still a singular gift. But it has a combination. That is how the Spirit of God makes the beauty of the church and yet you know what's cool about it the combinations are limitless I mean there's no limit to the combination everyone's spiritual gift is unique that's what I like it is unique everybody's gift listen if everybody's gift was the same a bunch of us ain't necessary right God is a God of distinctions. All right? You know, think about this. There are no two blades of grass the same. All right? Your eyes are completely different than anybody human on the planet. Your voice is completely unique to you. There's no one else got your voice. Your fingerprints is like no other. You know, identical twins. You ever heard identical twins? When I think I was a sophomore or junior, I dated identical twins. No, wait, that didn't sound right. I dated a girl who had an identical twin. And when I first started dating her, they played a game. (laughs) But you know what? It didn't take me long at all to realize they're not identical. 
there's the, the, <laughs> I didn't get that at first, but I, I caught on quick. Okay? But they're not identical. They were distinct. And I could finally, after uh, some mistakes, I finally caught on on how this works. Okay? Okay? But there is... Everything on the planet has a distinction. You know what? And God does that. Even with spiritual gifts. We can have the same giftedness, but they'll be distinct. Your gift will not be the same as mine. God makes differences. And He does that in His church. Even our church, as small as we are, He makes distinction. We are distinct. God makes the differences. And that's what He does to His church. There's no carbon copies. I remember years ago reading Martin Lloyd-Jones and he talked about it, that we are spiritual snowflakes. And I, I hate to use that term now because snowflake is a derogatory. <laughs> but we, have, we are spiritual snowflakes. No two snowflakes are the same. I look around and I see the difference. I can look around right now with most of you and I can kind of pinpoint what your gift is and yet I can tell by each and every one of you that your gift is completely unique to you and it does not match anybody else's. And I think that's kind of cool. When I think that he descended to the lower part of Sheol to proclaim victory, to ascend, to take the captives back, and then to save us as captives into his kingdom. And he wanted to make me completely unique to all of them. And he did the same with you. But being that no two are alike, that means that each one is absolutely necessary. Each one is vital. Do you understand that the body of Christ cannot function at full capacity without you? I just still get by. And I believe that today, maybe more so than any time, this is the real issue in Christianity. Much of Christianity sees itself as a spectator sport. Let me watch it happen. Let me see what happens. I don't want to get involved. It will take up time. And yet the body needs us. Each and every one of us. Because you know what I've learned? There is nobody like you. There is nobody. If you've got a gift of whatever, exhortation, and you decide that you want to hang out at whatever, someone else may have a gift of exhortation, but they cannot do it the way you would do it. I, the faith, you see the spiritual gift of faith, that is not salvation faith, that is, that is what I call prayer faith. Okay? We all pray without ceasing, I hope. Okay? 
But there are people out there who have the gift of faith. And the body needs those people. Because those are the ones who end up with the calluses on their knees. They get after it. And if you decide, well, that's just too much trouble for you, who's going to do it? God made you for a specific place in the body of Jesus Christ. Every one of you. No one else can do it the way you do it. Remember that the enablement is a gift of Jesus Christ. The price he paid for the right to give you that enablement, you should think and should do something with it, don't you think? When our dear Lord gave you a gift by his wonderful grace and sovereignty and sacrifice, it was blended together by the person of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit in an act of love to give us these gifts. Loved each of us so much, I made you absolutely unique. I made you one. And yet I bring you all together to be the body of Christ, functioning as one. And yet each of us are unique. Everyone is needed. You know what, brothers and sisters? Pass it on. Use it for another's benefit. Remember, he descended so he could ascend, so he had the right to give a gift. Do you use the gift that he gave? He paid a price for it. You know what? We will each receive a resurrected body that is absolutely perfect. Kind of awesome, don't you think? But do you understand that there's one in heaven whose body is not perfect? It's scarred. And that scars were for you and I to have our gifts. We all need what you have. Every one of us. I know that my gift, I am here to feed ministers. Okay? No, I'm not expecting you all to be pastors. I do expect you all to be servants. That's what a minister is. Listen, brothers and sisters. I don't need any spectators. I need ministers. That's what I'm doing. Feeding ministers. You have a gift. You have a gift you don't deserve. You have a gift you didn't earn. It's yours. And it's yours alone. And it's for us. If you don't do it, guess what? It won't be done the way it's supposed to be. Okay? He gave gifts. To every individual believer. So let's pray. Father we come before you. The author and the finisher. 
Lord, I think about you proclaiming victory as you descended. I think about you proclaiming victory as you ascended. And the conquering hero you are. And the spoils that you bestowed upon your people. Help us, King. Help us to live in the might and the power of the living God. The resurrected Christ. And the Holy Spirit. That we may radiate your glory every breath you grace us. To that glorious day that each of us, our faith becomes sight. To you, my King. Christ's name. Amen.